0: I am Brother Cornell West. This is Chris Hedges. I'm Rosa Clemente. Hey, what's up? This is Chuck D. Public Enemy, Prophecy of Rage, and this is Newsbeat.
1: Get out of town, Newsbeat. This week in social justice, straight up and down.
2: What's that all about?
1: I don't know. What? What's what all about? Time to introduce the show today. I I can't do that.
3: This is what happens when you come straight from Clubhouse.
1: Shouts to the folks on Clubhouse. We actually had a pregame show on Clubhouse on the Clubhouse app. You can follow me on Clubhouse, Manny Faces. You can follow Rashad on Clubhouse. Rashad, me on. You cannot follow Chris.
2: Can- <laughs> <laughs> <God damn. laughs> my little cameos. There's, there's always my one. There's always phone.
1: one. Uh, Chris has an iPhone negative seven. So if, we're just
2: getting there. It's and, it's actually uh, it's a prototype that Jed's father gave me and it's oh. made of plastic, yellow plastic. So
3: I I think Can't Apple calls sometimes. it archaic and obsolete. I think those right. are the words they use for for
2: that phone. So.
3: so so
1: bad for the economy, uh economy, ecology uh and bad for actually technology. So great. This is a wonderful <laughs> piece of
2: uh technology. Bad all around. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
1: All right, listen, uh, we're on Clubhouse doing the pregame, but this, if you are here, getting tuned in and turned up with us is This Week in Social Justice, brought to you by the Newsbeat podcast, award-winning mixes of uh, hard-hitting social justice journalism and uh, music, very often with original lyrical uh, contributions from brilliant independent hip-hop artists, shouts to our artists in residence, Silent Night uh, and Liquid. Uh, I actually have a super cool thing from our Newsbeat artist in residence, Silent Night, at the end of the show. So please stick around for something that you have never in your entire life seen before. Got you. Uh, Very meanwhile, here, thank you. We're here every we, You can see us on the screen, obviously, usnewsbeat.com or search for us, Newsbeat, two words, one love, wherever you find podcasts. Again, social justice issues uh, covered with um soul if you would. So thank you for joining us. I am Manny Faces, the producer, the uh, well co-producer, the audio editor, the host, and the secret sauce uh, behind News Meat Podcast. But I'm joined by uh, it's one way little, to put it. Uh, I, you know, I sprinkle my Manny dust all over uh, these episodes. Joined by Christopher Tawarski, our uh, editor-in-chief, and Rashid Mian. Gentlemen, uh, start your e-engines. How you doing?
3: Pretty good. Be Pretty here. good. I'm excited for another week of this. This is fun. It's cool. We're here. It's cool. We're here every Wednesday.
1: Now Uh, we were doing a Friday afternoon kind of get together, uh, but now we're here Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern daylight. Eastern time, time, New York time. Uh, And uh, and that's when you'll find us here. Of course, we will be translating some of these episodes to the Newsbeat podcast feed. So with all that said, that's what you need to know about us. But what are we here to talk about tonight? Uh, social justice issues we're going to start the show we have a great guest uh tell us who we have already waiting in the wings uh for us to get into tonight this is a fantastic uh uh, person that we've dealt with uh, a number of times go
3: yeah it's it's great so in a few minutes we're going to be joined by alice fontier she's the managing director of the neighborhood defender service of harlem and uh, full disclosure, we spoke to Alice earlier today for a Newsbeat podcast episode. We won't give out those details yet because uh, we're looking forward to that episode. But uh, we talked about this issue in particular, uh, the legalization of marijuana in the state of New York. And Alice said she's passionate about it and we wanted to have her on. So we're, we're really um, excited to get her insights into into this uh, this law that was just signed by Governor Cuomo yesterday.
1: So, looking forward to that conversation. Uh, before we get into that, what we like to do on this week in social justice is drop a few tidbits of news items. I know that enormous attention is being paid to the Derek Chauvin trial, uh, uh, you know, uh, in 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 Minneapolis. Uh, that's obviously taking over a lot of the news, uh, you know, mainstream news, and as well it should. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're all paying attention to that uh, as much as we can in our day to day. But there are other things happening. It's part of why we do this show just to make sure that we condense it and, and 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 bring it all to you so that you can still uh, spend most of your time paying attention to some of the major things that are happening. Uh, part of that is what we like to call our News Beat Bites. So if you'd like to uh, indulge us for just a few moments, uh, my turn, I think I'm starting off, right?
2: You are starting off.
1: I did not put the link up uh, to what I was talking about.
2: This so, happened not... last week too, didn't oh, no, it? Yeah. yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm not
1: you know i'm not really uh
2: why am i being so vocal tonight i don't know
1: <laughs> you're 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 rambunctious tonight so listen byron allen and a bunch of uh other uh black media executives have taken an interesting step this is not something i heard about until literally uh, just in passing today uh but it's something that's been kind of going on for a while of course byron allen uh who uh, a lot of people know from uh, was it uh entertainers with byron allen like a tv show he did where he would enter- interview uh, uh celebrities but is a mogul and uh you know owns a billion radio uh, tv stations and, and all kinds of stuff uh, and, uh teamed up with ice cube and a bunch of other uh, uh uh media executives complaining about uh and i think for good reason the lack of uh, uh the lack of uh, of corporations spending money to advertise in black media especially uh corporations and companies that are making a lot of money from black consumers Uh, GM was one of them. This is an interesting story I just saw in the Detroit Free Press. So those are covered in a bunch of other places. Uh, And I thought it was really interesting. I think people should look into this. Uh, This is, you know, it's interesting because if you if you're not supporting the media that covers the topics that are of importance to the communities in which you're still getting your money, there's a disparity there. And I think it's one of those kind of interesting angles of um, of media and relations to the public and an area that you don't normally think of. You think of police brutality, you think of police reform, you police of criminal justice system, mass incarceration. And here's another way. And I talk about this a lot when I do my talks on how hip hop is being represented in the media and, and how it's, you know, bigoted and racist, in fact, and how it, it really uh, tarnishes the reputation of an entire community and an and art form. Uh, and we're seeing the same thing happening, I think, in the corporate uh, advertising world. So an interesting story they're, they took out a full-page advertisement uh, blasting GM in particular, uh, although I think they're aimed at a lot of different large corporations, nat- you know, multinational and national corporations, uh, to spend more money in uh, in, in these uh, areas. And when GM wouldn't respond to repeated requests to sit in a room and have these discussions, uh, they took out a full-page advertisement. Um, which I don't know if it's, uh, if it's here. Uh, call them out for it. So I think we talk, uh, there's a lot of corporate social responsibility talk being talked about, and especially uh, as you tie it into the response to what happened with uh, George, Floyd, George Floyd, the murder. Uh, companies jumped on the you know anti-racism bandwagon. Uh, and then there's some question as to, well, is it just lip service or what do you really uh, mean? And are you spending the money in the communities and with the media and giving us uh, the fair shake? So I thought it was an interesting story. We hadn't talked about it. I hadn't seen it. I just come across it. I hope it's as interesting to you as it is to me. And I encourage people to look into it a little bit more. Byron Allen, who also Great. a whole bunch of like lawsuits trying to... Uh, oh, it's, it's Byron, you got to follow Byron Aaron, Allen's work. He's doing some amazing things on the... I don't say amazing. I don't, I don't always know enough to know whether it's you know all right or all wrong. But I, I think he's an interesting character doing a lot of interesting things.
2: Yeah, it, it, I found it interesting too. Uh, I read it earlier and uh, how the company tried to sort of almost... Uh, appease appease them like piecemeal little by little right right and um right. it's just great to call them to task so
1: that's it well you know we like that sort of thing so yeah passing the microphone to mr uh Mian, are you next for what do you got for me
3: Newsbeat bites oh okay, yeah so um this is an issue that we covered back oh it's, it's Chris in- i'm sorry i apologize
2: did i go out it's of order I,
3: I i was gonna say something but i figured i'd just go with it No,
2: everything on screen. Uh, I'll hop in. I'll hop in. So, my bite uh, incredibly, incredibly important. Um, I only found this out this morning, um, which to me speaks to how underreported this community is. But today is International Transgender Day of Visibility. And it's dedicated to celebrating transgender people and bringing awareness to all the discrimination and violence that they face on a daily basis. Um, and just a couple stats that I, that I pulled together that just shocked the hell out of me. Although maybe it's not too surprising, but nearly one in three trans people have experienced homelessness. Um, mm-hmm. they obviously also face, uh, workplace discrimination, housing discrimination, healthcare discrimination, and public accommodations, um, and until this was was launched in i believe 2009 the mm-hmm. only day that they, that the community really had that mentioned them was their nas- was a the national day of remembrance in november which was really just listing the names of of all the transgender people who were who were killed or who had died to to violence um, and last year 2020 44 Transgender people were killed in the U.S., which was a record. Um, they've only started keeping uh, count on this since 2013, um, and the majority—23—were uh, Black trans women. And I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, you know, the attempted suicide rate for multiracial transgender people are th- are estimated 33 times higher the general than the general population so i just i mean i again i only learned about this this morning i thought it was incredibly important for so many reasons the links that uh i put in the doc here um the second one i think is great because it's basically an online template for a petition to senators to pass uh the equality act which which was passed by the house and has has just uh, sort of stalled in you know who knows what if it will pass, but just right. just to just to try to you know help uh, help get involved and spread the word about this. Um, yeah,
1: I like, <clears throat> Pardon me. I like I like these uh, these all in one uh, you know forms and 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 methods of contacting legislators and and being able to do this in mass. Uh, I don't know how effective they are, but uh, I did one similar. I contributed to one uh, here in New Jersey. Uh the New New Jersey Institute of Social Justice was behind a push to start a pilot program to help young people who have been released from juvenile detention centers uh get you know acclimated to life and teach them job skills and how to get an interview and all these things. And so this legislation was being mulled about, uh, wherever legislators mull. And uh they had a similar thing. You could, you know, fill out a form online. And I did, and I got responses back from several local. It was like one of these things you do it in one place and it goes to multiple places. You know, I I you know I, I wonder about the effectiveness of these things as opposed to picking up a phone call, you know, getting on their case, calling many times. Uh, but I did get responses back, and I, I think it, it does help. So I'm glad that this has a similar uh, feature uh, you know for people to uh, take part. We have the links in the chat room uh, or in the chat area or the comment section of wherever you're watching us. and i'm I'm gonna uh, fill it out tonight. Thank you, Chris, for that information. It's an o- often an all too overlooked. Uh, issue. All right, sorry, Rashad. You know we <clears throat> we skipped you. Uh, we will go now. Okay, real
3: quick. Uh, let's I'm gonna keep, keep this quick because we have yeah because yeah. we have Alice coming on. Just you really do. quick. A, a judge has basically compelled um, New York State to give vaccines to incarcerated people. Um, hugely important. Obviously, we've we've done multiple episodes on this. The the, the impact on incarcerated people um, since the patem- pandemic took hold. There's um, uh, the the United States. The jails and prisons have more cases than dozens and dozens of countries in total. Uh, New York has about three, thousand, three dozen uh, prison and jail debts related to uh, COVID-19. And it's something that um, many people um, argued should have been done much earlier. Um, and it's only because um, a judge has stepped in that it's actually going to happen. Um, so everybody should pay attention to that.
1: i'm on people that we actually have a lot of coverage about i don't know if this is the right page but certainly uh, as part of our podcast again we are a podcast uh, not just uh, a bunch of uh, amazingly good-looking people on instagram on uh, youtube and twitch and facebook Uh, but we've covered a lot of the issue of coronaviruses pandemic uh, affecting incarcerated populations we've done that for quite some time matter of fact a year we were on this very early uh we had dr homer venters on who was telling us uh quote unquote this will be a uh what was I, I, I think
2: i think was a looming,
1: a looming crisis a looming
3: and perilous threat there
2: you go
1: uh and guess what it was a looming and perilous threat so we report on this very early uh as much as we hate to do it uh you know this is not news that we love we revel in telling people uh but it was necessary and uh came to fruition so uh, a lot of the coverage that we've done has been about COVID-19 incarcerated populations. So I am glad to hear that, although it sounds like something that, you know, shouldn't have to be celebrated, but that uh, folks in jail can get vaccines, too. How nice of them to do this. Yeah.
3: I would say unbelievable, but I think it was probably completely predictable.
1: <laughs> right. All right. Listen. Treat- as they say in Clubhouse, let me quickly reset the room uh, and tell that uh, you are watching this week in social justice. Thank you for everyone checked in. Uh, Shouts to SK in the in the chat. We see you, brother. Uh, Shouts to Sage uh, rocking with us. Uh, uh, oh, um, uh, every time I say something about New Jersey, uh, we're supposed to take a drink. So drinking game now with this week of social justice because we do it at night and we allow you to do that. We partic- we love you to participate. Uh, in our show, anyway, that makes you feel good. There's no judgment zone right here. So, shouts to uh, Dirty Jersey, New Jersey, Brick City, in the house. Listen, uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, Christopher, please introduce our esteemed guest, who I'm very thrilled that we have on tonight. Uh, let, let hold on, I got to do the swoopy thing that tells everyone to
2: go for it. Yeah, we want to we want to welcome Alice Fontier back, uh, managing director of the Neighborhood Defenders Service of of Harlem. And um, as Rashad mentioned, we just uh, spoke with her earlier this morning for an upcoming podcast episode. Alice, thank you so much for joining us again.
4: Hi, Chris. Um, Thank you for having me back. And before we get into the topic that I was planning to talk about tonight, I just want to say. Hey, Rashad, thank you for bringing up the COVID vaccines for incarcerated people. And I want to give a quick shout out to my office. Um, Magna Phillip, uh, Libby Fisher, and Emily Ponder, um, attorneys in our office were lead counsel on the lawsuit um, that resulted in that decision. And incredible work by all of them that is really making a difference. I saw already today I got an email saying that at least the Nassau jail had announced that they were bringing in Johnson & Johnson um, vaccines and offering them to everyone. So oh, huge wow. victory Dude. that was way too late in coming, but really yeah, incredible definitely. work by, by people in my office. So I want to you know give them a shout while I can.
2: Definitely. I, much, I, I, much I, to I, if, if
1: you allow me, as serious as that is, this is how we do around here. So we will take that. <laughs>
2: We'll I, think, I think that news warrants, it warrants one of those. Usually, yes, we're just I th- like, th- Yeah, I think so too. I
4: need to get one of those for like staffing <laughs>
2: and blast
1: that out. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after, I got you. Right. Um,
2: yeah, so, so Alice, the, the, the legalization of marijuana in New York, um, and obviously we know uh, that marijuana arrests and, and um, mm-hmm. uh, drug offenses in general uh, by the NYPD have targeted uh, African-Americans and Hispanic communities, communities of color, um, to just, I mean, incredible, incredible uh, stats when you look at it. I think it's, I think last year was 93% uh, compared to uh, white counterparts, which are 5%, uh, despite similar uh, marijuana use rates. Um, and the first thing that came to me when I heard this was what the hell is going to happen to all those, I mean, tens of thousands of people over the years who've been locked up uh, or who have criminal records or, or both um, because of, of, uh, being arrested for marijuana. Um, your thoughts on that.
4: So it tens of, tens of thousands is a wild understatement. It's actually hundreds of thousands, um, from 1996 until now, um, for just Misdemeanor marijuana possession over 800,000 New Yorkers have been prosecuted and convicted. So it is an enormous number that we're talking about. And as you mentioned, the vast, vast majority of those people are black and Latin folks. So there is, you know, a huge population of people that have been impacted by the over-policing of marijuana prohibition. Um, And what happens is now, by virtue of this law, effective today, the governor signed it, um, and need another horn shout for that getting signed. Um, the records of people who are currently serving sentences are to be automatically reviewed, vacated, expunged if they are not a crime at all now, or reduced to whatever the crime might be, the crime might be now under the current penal code. For people that are not currently serving a sentence, so prior convictions they have to file a petition, but it is automatic. There's, there's not something that will deny them. I think it's, it's really just about the, the resources of, you know, so that a, a million cases didn't fall onto the court's lap to have to deal with tomorrow. Um, it is, the petitions will have to get filed and then they will be handled as the petitions come in. But those convictions are getting vacated and expunged, which will make a, huge difference to people in terms of ability to get housing, school loans, jobs, you know, keep their their families together, um, immigration consequences, like you name it, this law is a sea change for for literally hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers.
3: And and Alice, um, what are the sticking points, I think, in this legislation compared to previous years has been, um, where is the tax revenue going to go? How is that going to be mm-hmm. allocated? Um, previously, I know Governor Cuomo wanted to hold on to that money, um, and I guess use it in his general fund. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now I think 40% of it is going to be directed to the to the communities that have been disproportionately, as Chris um, mm-hmm. documented, impacted uh, by the war on drugs. So can you talk about the significance of that?
4: yeah again the significance is is monumental it's huge and you know this particular legislation the marijuana regulation and taxation act in almost the exact form which actually got passed this year has been introduced into the legislation into into the legislature for a few years running and had the votes to pass in both the assembly and the house last year, the year before, um, but there was the fight with Governor Cuomo about where the money would go. And if you like compare what actually got passed and signed today to what Governor Cuomo put into his budget again this year, the big difference. There's some penal law dis- differences too, but the big difference is where the money goes. And you know it is no small amount of money that the um, estimates right now are that when this industry is up and fully running in New York state, the entire industry will be about a $4.2 billion annual industry um, and the taxation to just the state, never mind cities and other um, municipalities, will be about $350 million a year. So it's a lot of money that we're talking about, Um, and the governor wanted all of that originally to go into a general fund that he effectively controlled, Um, and the uh, thing, you know, again, thanks to the the bill sponsors and others in the assembly and the senate senator kruger and um in the assembly um assembly member of crystal people stokes they held tight and said no you know it, this money needs to go to the people who have been directly impacted we need to reinvest into the communities that have been so unbelievably harmed over the last hundred years of prohibition um, and if you're going you can't change this and not specifically help those communities,
2: and that's what this bill does. And Alice, in in the larger context of the failed war on drugs, um, the racist war on drugs, um, you know, how would you how would you describe um, you know this this movement? I guess by states to decriminalize um, you know lower level drugs, and and really, I know, and I know we're talking about a lot of a lot of money here, but is it really you know it, could an amount ever really be enough I mean as you said the the how do you quantify some of that damage you know
4: Think you can? You know, for the people who have been deported because of you know these offenses, they're not coming back here. They're not going to be with their families again. Um, you know, for the people who spent years in jails, for people who have been denied access to education because they couldn't get loans, denied housing. There's no amount of money. That fixes that for families that have been separated, and you know that is. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say families are separated. Marijuana has been used in by uh, you know children's services and family court judges um, to keep children and parents apart for decades and decades, um, and like that is has to end. It is ending now. They're no longer, the statute specifically says that cannot happen. Marijuana use will not be a reason to separate kids um, from their parents. Like those things can never be repaired. And you can't fix a community that has been taken apart literally by deportation, you know, arrest, whatever other forms that the legal system, it you know, imp- it takes to impact people. Um, you know, so you can't fix that but you also can't, don't need to make it worse. You know, this doesn't have to, what what we will have seen in other states that don't have similar provisions is that, you know, the there are large companies and sort of conglomerates that know how to navigate the sort of regulatory system, get into the, you know, market first and reap all the profit um, without having any, you know beneficial impact on the communities that they're in. Um and the aim of this legislation is to prevent that from happening.
3: And and Alice you said something that I, that I think is important. I think it's something that people don't really know and you called you called this a hundred years of prohibition. Um, it, because a lot of people think of the war on drugs as something that happened in the 60s and 70s with Nixon and Reagan, but it it started long before that. So can you just talk about um you know sort of what this means in the historical context of the war on drugs and just how long this war has been going mm-hmm. on for. But
4: yeah. And I don't want to I'm going to speak kind of generally because I am mm-hmm. not the expert on the history of, of, of drug policy. Um, but the the simple overview of marijuana prohibition is that, you know, it, it really it was about 100 years ago when they started prohibiting it um, in various places basically because um, they believed that Mexican immigrants were smoking. And before that, it was also was called cannabis. They, You know, marijuana is actually a bit of a, you know, a, a derogatory term. It made it sound more Latin, <laughs> more, you know, and tied it to, um, you know, Mexican and other Central American immigrants that were, you know, to be, you know, held down, not part of the white supremacist order quite frankly and you know that history of tying drugs of any kind to a class or group of people and then by that saying they're also criminals is a is that is the war on drugs it is it ties people in even though it's not necessarily true like you see like, like you started out this by saying that, you know, the arrests of, you know, for marijuana of black and brown people are 90 plus percent. Um, but the usage for black and white folk and uh, black, Latin and white is all similar. There's not differences in usage. There's only differences in arrest and prosecution. But if you can tie a drug to a race to, a, to crime and link those together, the war on drugs, then becomes a war on crime, a war on, you know, against the disorder and the maintaining safety and the order that the, you know, police and the system is interested in maintaining.
2: Great point. And, and Alice, what what would your organization, what is your organization going to be doing to, to I guess, ensure that the public consumption still won't be criminal, even though that, you know, they're saying they're not going to do it, um and maybe used as a proxy to to question people or mm-hmm. or as leverage
4: yeah, so another really it feels small but in terms of the impact one of the things that we advocated strongly for that is included in this bill that is not in a lot of the other legalization bills it relates to the smell of marijuana so it specifically says in this legislation that the smell of marijuana is not reasonable suspicion it's not probable cause you cannot if you smell marijuana it is not a reason to stop somebody, search them, question them. And that's incredibly important because, you know, particularly with the proliferation of body cams, the smell of marijuana has been in countless complaints as the reason that the police approached questioned, stop somebody. They can't do that anymore. <laughs> it specifically says no and so you know what we my organization and all of the other you know defenders in the state uh, will be doing is making sure that that's not something that they're doing that it's not in a complaint and if it is you know we will gather that information we will challenge it in individual cases we will challenge it in you know large scale um you know litigation if we have to, um, but you know that was something that we thought really deeply about when advocating for this bill.
3: And now it's just the last thing from from me. And uh, are there any estimates or do you, uh, of just how many how many less people we're going to be seeing arrested, um, end up going to courts because of of this law that was just passed.
4: There are estimates, and I, I apologize, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but it's it's tens of thousands of people across the state wow. that are, are, you know, will not be. And it's also what is like, and that's if you pull the data on just marijuana, but marijuana used as an excuse to search. Mm-hmm. um, I think right. the numbers are going to be really incredibly large. Like this is a see change. Uh, this is a really important, huge bill that got passed. And, you know, it took years and years of a lot of advocates on the ground um, working to make this happen, voices of impacted people um, being raised over and over. And, you know, that this got, finally got done has been cause a lot of cause for celebration among a lot of people today. And I do think that, you know, we are going to see a very, very real difference.
2: Well, Alice, uh, you know, as always, we thank you for taking the time yeah. out to to break this stuff down for us. Um, I'm hoping uh, Manny will will give you a little bullhorn. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Airhorn, yes. But, uh, but please, please, we ask everyone to check out uh, your group, the Neighborhood Defenders Service of Harlem. Um, and, you know, we'll be keeping an eye on this. I know you guys will. And uh, we'll be in touch. We can't thank you enough.
4: All right, no problem. I really appreciate it. And I I really appreciate all the attention that you guys bring to so many important issues, ones that are near and dear to my heart. So I'm always happy to talk to you.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Alice. We appreciate right. it. Take
2: care.
4: Sure. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. I mean, outside, I mean, the perspective, the I mean, she's there, her team is there in the field. I mean, as you know, Rashad, we've spoken with her several times on many different issues uh, regarding criminal justice and um, I mean, just the perspective is—you can't beat it. Yeah, I, mean.
3: I think, I think, I think the, a few takeaways um, for me after that interview. Um, I mean, she's calling it a sea change. I mean, there's, you know, there's always whenever a law is passed. Um, I think you and I and other, you know, sort of journalists are trying to find um, areas where there's potential loopholes, right? And 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 you just asked, and you asked the question about, you know, okay, so yeah, they can't arrest people for smoking. Um, marijuana um, in public, but can they use that as a proxy for like stop and frisk or something? But she outlined that even the smell is not probable cause. So that's something little that I think, well, you know, it it sounds, she said it, it sounds tiny. It's something small, but just think about the people, the communities that have been impacted the most and sort of what that means to them. So just the, they don't have to have that fear, right? Uh, They still probably will justifiably so, but they don't have to walk around with that fear, um, all the time.
2: It, it's huge. And it's something that I wouldn't, I, I definitely would not have thought of, but you think about it and you think of a sinister situation, or maybe it's a more commonplace situation where, um, you know, the police are walking by and, Oh, I smell, I do I smell yeah. something, you know, I mean, you know, so you take that away.
1: I, I was going to say, I, so a few of us, we can't talk about specifics, but I sat in a grand jury. So this is something that not everyone does. I actually had the Interesting uh, uh, experience of sitting in a grand jury, which is different than being in a jury. This is where you sit and you collect, you know, or they present you all these cases. And whether you then, you know, say that enough evidence has been presented, uh, that a crime uh, was committed, that you would then, you know, indict this person or these people. And there were more than one occasion where the person uh, was. the the initial point of contact was because of the smell of marijuana smoke. And then all these other things happened after that. Um, And in some of those cases, because you do know uh, the old saying that you can indict a ham sandwich uh, in a grand jury. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt that my experience was really interesting in that the word of the police officer and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, no, I'm, I'm not a big, I'll keep my personal shit out, stuff out of it, but
3: censors, <laughs> Facebook censors. I know.
1: No, we can do it. Because we can say it. we're drinking It's cursing. It's no problem. It's this week of social justice.
2: We're drinking. Huh?
1: The cop. Yeah, we are <laughs> the cops that presented in these particular cases. Uh, we were, were per- seem perfectly fine. Seem like I, you know, can't call it. Obviously, we have a big police thing happening in national news. Uh, but they didn't seem to be egregiously overstepping their authorities. Any of that stuff. But the mere fact that you just had to take their word for it mm-hmm. and that came an indictment was really interesting to me uh, because if they weren't officers of integrity, it wouldn't matter. I smelled marijuana smoke did you though? did you though? Yeah. and then you came up on the people and then found the thing that they'd done or whatever 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 and I just by hearing that it, it brought me back to sitting in that grand jury room when with so many of the first contact that led to the thing that they're trying to accuse uh, these folks of was that. And I said, I bet you that even when that isn't the case, that's the thing they said, I smelled marijuana smoke. And so we asked them what they were doing. So that's a big step, I think, just to kind of, you know, and yes, it was in New yeah. Jersey. Uh, so apparently the drinking game is whenever I talk about New Jersey, have a drink. So
3: right. Look, and, and, and I think that's a valid point, And it's probably why these advocates, these public defenders fought for that in the bill, because they, they, they see this stuff every single day you know they know um, what um, the the police are using to justify these arrests and i think that's significant she said it's, it's, it's a tiny thing um yeah. you know the the other sort of takeaway is just like tomorrow you know you're going to have potentially thousands of people not being arrested Hundreds of th- hundreds or thousands of people <laughs> not being arrested uh, for these drug crimes, and that that's significant too. I mean, just it's like it it is like a whole new day in the state. You know, it it was hard earned. It took forever to get this. Like as Alice said, the, uh, copies of this law um, have been um, proposed for years, and um, it it took until this moment in time. But it is it's huge.
1: Uh, Richard yeah. in the clubhouse pre chat. Not to cut you off, Chris. That's why I just want to get one thing because in the clubhouse pre chat. We were on Clubhouse before this, so follow us on Clubhouse, Manny Faces, and Rashed Mian. Chris, we'll get you there. Uh <laughs> you made mention of something, Rashad, in 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 the uh in the Clubhouse chat about New York being sort of assumed to be this progressive, you know, stronghold, this forward thinking place, and that it's really not. And this was some something that we talked about last week with the Andrew Cuomo discussion about not only is Andrew Cuomo kind of doing this creepy stuff, uh, but uh, he's also been sort of against the progressive, uh, the idea of progressive uh, prosecution, you know, ideas. So New York has had a lot of work to do, and you would think that it would have been easier. That we shouldn't have to wait so long in New York,
3: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's an, yeah, point. it's incredible, especially when you know Cuomo himself is you know out there for years talking about this being a progressive state, him being a so-called progressive governor, when everybody who follows it knows that's not accurate, right? Um, but also just from a criminal justice perspective. Uh, Reform has been slow in this state. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of reform that's been happening in California, which is not perfect, obviously. Um, uh, And and they had to, because of Supreme Court decision back in like 2009, 2010, they had to start moving that way. Um, But reform has been slow. We saw that with bail when that was finally passed. And then there was immediate, immediate pushback and fear-mongering, especially in the tabloids that um, struck fear in people. And they sort of rolled back some of the bail reform in this state. And I think there's a reason why, I'm bringing it back to Alice, but you sort of saw just, you know, sort of the smile on her face. And I think that that's probably happening across the state right now because so many people have fought for so long. It's been a long struggle, as I mentioned. Um, and to see this happen is huge. And New York, I think is now the 15th, 16th state to have it legalized. And there's a signi- an- another significant thing I think is that this was passed via law. This was signed. Um, a lot of other reforms have happened through referendums, um, so I think it is important to have the state behind this because um, the big thing, obviously, is the forty percent from that fund going to communities that have been disadvantaged uh, and been attacked, really, by the war on drugs.
2: Yeah, and just uh, just a final note for me on the, on this topic, um, yeah, I good. guess, is you know uh, her response in the impossibility of fully quantifying or remedying uh, the damage and the human toll uh that that some of this has has taken you know i think about um probably can i mean she said hundreds of thousands i mean you know countless people who maybe they were were not you know we're just enjoying a smoke or something and uh they got they got put in and and you know god forbid you know uh Something happened in there. They had to defend themselves, or you know, and it just snowballs. Yeah. And you know, how do you erase that pain? You know, how do you erase, as Alice said, the loss of a job, the the right. the loss of a potential for a loan, um, interpersonal relationships, you know, that were that were devastated or just you know destroyed uh, yeah. because of a conviction or a stigma. Um, you know so it's it's as she said it's a sea change um, i just can't help stop thinking about uh, all those uh, those people you probably never hear about and never even know their names and who knows maybe maybe even with that part of the record expunged they're not going anywhere you know but they were put in because of it you know right. so right
1: what I, what i what i i, I love slash hate is the disparity of, you know, I mean, and this may not be in New York. I don't know exactly all the, the rules and regulations, but you've seen this pop up a few times where if you have a felony conviction, which may have been predicated by a drug you know arrest or something along those lines, you now can't participate in the cannabis market. You can't, you know, work, you know, you can't open a dispensary. You can't, you know, now all these things. So you were actually so there are people making millions and millions of dollars off the legalization of weed. But the people who were actually railroaded because of weed can't participate uh, in, you know, so we've seen that pop up. I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but. Uh...
3: Yeah, I think I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think that's something that um, we should all pay attention to is, OK, this is great, obviously. But what's going to happen next? Um, right. Because um, Alice mentioned that they are there's already look, there's already medical marijuana dispensaries in the state of New York. And they're ready for this. They're, they're ready to hit the ground running. They've been waiting for a long time. So they have the resources and the sort of, um, the framework to get this going. I mean, it's gotta be, um, I can't imagine the challenge for somebody, um, just who wants to start the business on their own, just from the, from the ground, you know, from the basic skeleton. And so it's going to be a fight. And, um, look I think that's I think that's probably one of the main things we're going to, have to pay attention to is that racial, racial equity part of it the economic justice how are they going to be able to benefit economically from this yep. law
1: yep well listen I, I think we'll be on it we're gonna stay on it it's obviously something that we touched on before uh thanks to uh, Alice Fontier for coming in and breaking it down for us this is newsbeat this is what we do y'all so uh it's not if it's not just the podcast uh it's also this week in social justice every Wednesday live 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 hold on live wherever you're checking us out right now um this does bring us back to our one of our very early episodes can we do a quick plug for this episode the war on the the or origin of the war on drugs if you saw the uh interview earlier today uh Rashad, you brought up uh the fact that everyone thinks the war on drugs was a you know reagan thing and then it was a nixon thing but it's far and then alice touched on you know uh not just the black community but the brown community the Hispanic, that marijuana was uh, the term ad- adopted mm-hmm. almost to, not even almost, like specifically to make it sound more foreign, more other, the othering yeah. thing that we talk about a lot. Uh, we broke down a lot of this in our episode, uh, the true origins of the war on drugs. Uh, one of our very early but no less relevant today than it was when we first dropped it, episodes of Newsbeat. Let us give you a clip to remind you that we are an award-winning podcast that merges hard-hitting social ju- hard. when all of a sudden i'm irish hard-hitting social justice. <laughs> girlism,
3: it's uh, that scotch
1: with music uh and uh usually and in this case yes lyrical contributions by original uh, original lyrical contributions by independent hip-hop artists we like to say proudly that we're like as if democracy now and black thought from the roots had a podcast baby And one of our early episodes, The True Origins of the War on Drugs. Here's a quick snippet to let you know exactly why we beat the New York Times ass. In
5: 1939, Billie Holiday, the great jazz singer, walked on stage in a hotel in midtown Manhattan. Um, She wasn't even allowed to walk through the front door uh, because she was african-american she had to go through this. they made her go through the service elevator and that night for the first time she sang a song it's a song lots of your listeners will know it's called strange fruit southern trees strange fruit. it's a song against lynching Blood on the leaves. it imagines it, the, the song describes
4: And blood at the
5: root The bodies of African-American men
4: Black bodies swinging
5: Hanging from trees in the south
4: In the southern breeze
5: She describes that as the Strange fruit hanging The strange fruit of the south
4: From the
5: poplar trees Her her goddaughter, Lorraine Feather, said to me, you've got to understand how challenging this was. For an African-American woman to stand up in front of a white audience and sing a song against lynching was unheard of. And that night, Billie Holiday received a warning from the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, who were the federal agency in charge of enforcing the drug laws. And they basically said, stop singing this song. And if you want to understand where the war on drugs begins and why it continues. I think this moment in American history is, is really important. Strange
0: fruit hanging from the poplar trees By the same who bringing in the poppy seeds Yet they blame you, calling it an atrocity You a scapegoat, you ain't make the policies See the bigger picture The are getting richer You slinging on the corner But who's the real slinger and who's the real picture? Who you point the finger? Think you know the story but really just the gist of Let that one linger It's not just unfortunate That the victims of this war are disproportionate It's not some innocent mistake how they enforcing it the treat the symptom but never the cause of it then they got the guard to say slavery was so long ago we need to move on so we can be level c but if the human being who wrote the laws racist what you think that law itself gonna be
5: so the man who's responsible for this warning to billy holiday is a man called harry ansley so there you go shout to silent night <laughs>
1: On the uh, on the verses in this episode So that's what we did uh, That's how we do Follow us wherever you find podcasts Newsbeat, two words, one love uh, You see the logo, you see the color scheme You'll recognize us when you see us uh, So shouts to song and I shout to y'all For putting together what an amazing episode That I learned so much about the true origins Of the war on drugs And how it's even more insidious And, uh, uh, and devastating to communities of color Than uh, we can even imagine So thank you for that
3: yeah, and qu- just really quick, that was Johan Hari, who oh, yeah. wrote a book. Yeah. I think it was uh, the book, um, if I remember right, it's, called, it's titled Chasing the Scream, mm-hmm. yeah. and I believe that his book is also what inspired the the movie that's out right now about Billie Holiday. That's doc, the, the documentary. The, uh... Yeah, it's an act, the actual movie. Right, yeah, exactly. So, okay, it's yeah. on the HBO or something like that, right? It may be. Know. I'm not too sure. Or Amazon or something, but... But yeah, um, yeah definitely because yeah. um, well, it just it, 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 on,
1: it, chasing the scream. That's his book,
3: right there. Yeah, that's it. Yep. definitely a must read for anybody who wants to learn about the war on drugs.
2: Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, listen.
3: Oh, go ahead. Yeah,
2: and just last uh, on that note too. I mean, just I mean, what was I mean? Look, we're always learning when we do these when we do these episodes. At least I am. And yes. you know, the the Billie Holiday um, being the target um, and sort of. You know, I, I have not seen the new movie yet, but just from our coverage, um, you know, uh, being befriended and, and used and abused. Uh, I mean, I think that one scene that it comes to my mind uh, was I think she was chained to a hospital bed, addicted to heroin that was basically fed to her by an undercover FBI agent who she, I think, you know, was romantically involved with or had feelings for. Um, and you know, at the heart of all of it is Harry Anslinger. All right.
1: Interesting. Uh Christopher, I was gonna just ask that uh when you do shows uh, in the back of a restaurant, <laughs> you should have <home. laughs> ahead of time. Listen that's what we do this this week in social justice. Uh it's all good, baby. Uh
2: thank you, Chris. Uh, quote, uh, uh, I just want to quote my friend Hannock from Ethiopia. Yeah, you guys yeah. know this quote. A full Belly is a blessing. So
3: hey.
2: A- there you go. Your words have never been Let's, spoken.
1: Let's let we have a few minutes left. Let's do news beating the past uh and the future. Is that good with y'all? Let's do it. We do All right. So, we call it news beating the past, but we say on the screen This week but back then. So, what are we talking about in the past that we think is important to talk about now?
2: So, today Um, was the anniversary of Cesar Chavez, Uh, it was his birthday, um, and back in 1927, and I just thought it was worth mentioning just so people uh, know who he was, uh, civil rights pioneer, um, Mm -hmm. united the farm workers, fought for fair wages and better working conditions, um, and was just a force of nature. Um, Secondly, uh, today is the anniversary back in 1968, of Martin Luther King's incredible—I mean, you know—it's hard to say any of his speeches were not incredible. But uh, this one speech called "Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution," and you know, I listened to it uh, again today before the before uh, the show. And I mean, it is just—I mean, you can literally take it and recite it, and it's it fits perfectly what's going on. He basically, you know, it's a warning to, to be awake and cognizant of what's going on. And, and uh, back then he called it, I think it was like a three pronged revolution. One was tech, one was weaponry, and one, one was uh, human rights and civil rights. Mm. I mean, you look at what's going on uh, today. And basically he used the analogy of mm. uh, uh, Rip Van Winkle um, from Washington Irving, who you know yeah. fell asleep in 20 years and woke up and And uh, the King of England was gone and and George Washington was there. And basically, he looked at that and said, uh, the tragedy here and the moral of the story is this person slept through a revolution. And if you're not careful, you'll do the same. And it's just so important to 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 be awake. So I just thought it was uh, worth. I mean,
1: you know, the term woke has been uh, abused, (laughs) used and abused uh but when it you know was first introduced it really meant sort of to be awakened yeah. to be enlightened to these issues we hope that's what we do here uh you're right chris all of uh, uh dr martin luther king uh, uh rev dr martin luther king junior speeches are incredible although the speech uh, remaining awake while a loud train goes by not that inspiring i don't think that made it to the final uh cut it was just a, it was a smaller too, speech too soon it was and a little bit, yeah. It was more of like a <laughs> rant. It wasn't, I wouldn't call it a, a speech. Um, Don't known. do
2: that to this. Don't do that to this. <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah, and and you could uh, you read the you can read
2: the Keep speech. Keep Billy Elish out of it. this. Listen, <laughs> okay. you can
1: read the speech at Stanford uh, University online. Were you? Did you hear the speech? Were you able to listen to it,
2: Chris? Yeah. So I have I, the link is in the back doc. I didn't I didn't share it to. Uh, hold on one second. Like, right. Where is it? All
1: right. If it's in That's the doc, right. you might have shared it to the to the comments. But you, People who watch us know how to do the Googles. Uh, Do check out the uh, the full uh, speech. Uh, Remaining awake through a great revolution, not remaining awake while a loud train passes by. That's a different speech. It may be a different person. Maybe yeah.
3: We're gonna have to create a new Uh, drinking game.
1: There you go. So listen,
2: sacrilege, uh, sacrilege. What's going on here? uh, uh,
1: Listen, Marty would be fine. He'd be cool with it.
2: but yes,
1: uh, while we're talking about the past, let's switch gears real quick while we round up, <laughs> uh, while we round out, while we turn up or turn down and talk about the
3: future. Yep. And Manny mentioned earlier in the show that obviously the Derek Chauvin trial is going on right now and the media is covering that wall to wall. And obviously it's important. Um, and Everybody has you covered. We wanted to dig into something that you may not be hearing about, and that is the Yes for Minneapolis petition that's ongoing. Um, it's not something that anybody outside of Minneapolis, Minneapolis who's not a registered voter, can be involved with. But I think it's important to maybe perhaps spread the word about what's happening. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to have have a petition so there's a referendum on the November ballot to replace the Minneapolis Police Department in the wake of George Floyd's death last year. And Basically what it would do is they would, it's what everybody was hoping for um, after there were calls for defund the police and and that movement. And it would, it it would take the police department out of the the city charter and replace it with the department of public safety. Um, So it'd be completely different than the police department. And I think if I have it right, they need 20,000 signatures from, from registered voters in Minneapolis to get this on the ballot. And that petition is going out right now. I think that, and these, Petitions can only be signed in person, so this is not an online drive, but uh, it's important to spread the word and have people be aware of th- there, There's the trial, obviously, which is hugely important, especially for justice, um, something that's evaded um, communities for so long, especially in these police slangs. Um, separately, there's still work being done. The people haven't stopped. Um, right. the media may The media may not be covering what's happening on the ground, but yep. that movement is ongoing, and this is their next step in trying to a get justice for Floyd and all the other people who've been um, discriminated against um, uh, killed by the police. Um, and it's the Minneapolis for the, uh, the for Minneapolis uh, yes, for Minneapolis petition. Sorry about that. Got it. And now you have to be, you
1: have to be a member of, uh, uh, of the voting public in Minneapolis. You have mm-hmm. to be local and you have to do it in person. So obviously if we're watching, it's like some of these online petitions we talked about before. I don't, sometimes you have to be a resident of the area. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily help some of us who want to help out, you know, uh, from afar, uh, but listen, do spread the word, spread the site, you know, put on your social media, obviously, uh, in a global community, these things go a long way to bringing attention to these issues and to these uh, petitions. So we thank you for bringing that up. Uh, and especially again, super important point you just made, Richard, that we talk about a lot here is that civic engagement doesn't have to happen. In the weeks leading up to a national presidential election, we have got right. to remember uh, there's an organization we came across today and clubhouse just, you know, jumping around real quick before we came here uh, after we vote. Or, or I think it's an organization or, you know, a group of people, a coalition. It's after we vote. We got work to do. We don't just have to sit around and wait. And again, we talked about earlier in this show. Uh, All of the organizations and uh, corporations and companies that raised their fist in solidarity with uh, after the George Floyd uh, thing, you know, hit national attention and all of a sudden they've been awakened and awoken and, you know, awoken, wokeness and wokeosity. But what are they actually doing now? After those six months, after those eight months, after you took out some ads uh, and did did the thing, it's again, why Byron Allen, my news bite is attacking, attacking, but calling out major corporations. Don't give me lip service. Don't give me a month worth of of help. Support us during the year. Support our our media. Support our communities and our our organizations. Don't just do it because you know that if you don't in the weeks and months after George Floyd, if you don't speak out, you're going to be noticed. But now that you don't have to speak out, you don't. That's not what we want. So we have to understand that we as citizens that are concerned about these things have to do the same things. We can't just focus our efforts on during the election cycle, that, that that time frame of the year, we have to do this work. Part of that is supporting organizations like uh, Yes for Minneapolis and wherever you live. I just talked about earlier, take a shot, New Jersey Institute for Social Justice, the legislation to have a pilot program to help youth who are previously in uh, juvenile detention coming home, having resources available, having community-based restorative justice, all these things we talk about have to have your involvement during the rest of the year and the rest of the four years in between deciding who the hell is going to uh, be president of the United States. So that's- yeah, Eric, And
3: just quickly to that point, um, Yes for Minneapolis is sort of like the political committee, umbrella committee that's right. uh, driving this, but there's a coalition of organizations, um, local organizations, I think Black Visions, yep. uh, Black Visions was an organization we featured, uh, yep. and Color of Change, both were on- Uh, our episode at the end of the year about is a change going to come in the wake of the the racial injustice protests. Um, So if you look at that website, you'll see a a host of, of groups that are trying to fight for this cause.
1: Yep, indeed. And like you said, once again, this is uh, whenever you hear something great happening in the world of social justice. It's not just all gloom and doom. It's, it's people and organizations doing great work on the ground. We try to feature them on this show. And again, with Newsbeat, our podcast, you're right. We did team up with Color of Change. Uh, and uh, what was the organization The Minneapolis? Uh, Black Visions, was it called? Black Visions. Yeah. So we teamed up with them in our year-end episode, America's Reckoning, Is a Change Gonna Come? And so we do encourage you, if you're tuned into this and you're uh, watching us and interested in these issues, the Newsbeat Podcast is a further uh, exploration of that. Rashad, you okay to come back in? We lost you. You okay to come if back in? It.
3: I think I'm out audio-wise because Tino is going berserk. Good thing it's it the end of the show.
1: very passionate. So listen, uh, it is the end of the show. I have a special treat. Can we just do one thing? Once again, shout out to our incredible, inimitable, uncanny, and eerie... Uh, I lost words. Uh, there's no one like Silent Night, our artist in residence uh, for Newsbeat, and um, you've heard him on many of our episodes. Uh, him and Liquid, our our top tier. But shouts to Napoleon, a legend, and Osiris Anthem, and Rabbi Darkside, and Rebel Diaz, Indiana. and Ghana, uh, and many faces who actually uh, showed up uh, on an episode to rap uh, about some of the issues that we're talking about. Brilliant independent hip hop artists doing brilliant things. Silent Night, uh, our, our, our 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 top guy. We we love him. A special appearance. This was groundbreaking and and national, international, international. Uh, I gotta just show you. I can't even describe it. This happened.
5: It is a special Friday here on World News Now. We've given you all types of polkas, and you guys are always telling us you love the polka. It's not Friday. You can't start your weekend until you get the polka. Nope. Um, we've seen all types where we've gotten artists from all across this country to help us and to contribute. Mm-hmm. And so, Mona, for about two years now, I've been trying to get a certain type of polka. Oh. Yes. No. For the first time, no. we have, making its premiere, a hip-hop yes. polka. <laughs>
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. From Brooklyn, New York, yeah. hip-hop recording artist, yeah. S.K. Silent Night. Uh, World hey. News Poker, hey. carrying on to Go this. on, Politics of foreign wars, or the weather, or the scores. That's the World News Poker. That's the World News Poker. And- you're an insomniac, and In a good I see you lack Do the world news poker, do the world news poker It's late at night, you're wide awake, and you're not wearing pants So grab your world news now, Morgan, everybody dance Hey, have some fun, be your pal, every anchor guy and gal Do the world news poker, do the World news poker News almost 30 the years News poker the Carrying news on tradition news It's the world Larry Mitchell, Who cares what the bosses think They're a goofy crew And if your neighbors call the cops Is all you have to do When they yell it's half past three Tell them, hey, it's news to me That's the world News Poker That's the world News Poker If you're up this late You must be headed to the john But hold up, one more minute While we get your poker on get it. You know the weekend's near When this little tune you hear It's the World News Poker, do it, World News Poker, do it.
5: World News Poker. World We're News world. Polka, oh my gosh That is incredible <laughs> Big thanks oh to Barry Very, Mitchell there Oh my you are amazing Emma, Here's my sign I'm holding and you know out the weekend here. For We're the culture to here. Hey.
2: Hey. That, That's Florida one of the culture. best things I've ever seen in my life
0: For the culture Our man Silent Night
1: The World that's News That's fantastic oh, it's Absolutely fat. incredible best thing ever <laughs> Shouts to silent night you can find him on all social media channels silent night is busy do follow that man and his work you know what i like to say this is actually true i know i like to take credit for a lot of things including the internet um but i actually played a part in helping arrange this thing shouts to shayley yeah, i did uh who, who you know it's funny because uh one of our, our independent music friends Shay Leonel, says she got the, 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 the gig and the setup, and, she, and she's like, I, mm, who could do this? And she immediately reached out to Silent Night. She reached out to me and said, hey, I got this thing. Who could do this? And I was like, oh, Silent Night. She's like, I already reached out to Silent Night. He's not answering. And I was like, I'll get him to answer. We'll get, make sure he answers. Uh, and it was a whole thing. And he answered, thank God. And I know uh, I, I, I can't shout out everyone, uh, Jay. Just, you know, shouts to, I think, Lee Hogan has something to do with this. There are a few people that helped make the whole thing happen. Uh, but shouts to ABC News, World News Now. Uh, that
3: world feed- News Now. This is
1: they've been doing. They've been first of all. I used to watch that joint like years ago when I used to work like like late night shifts and it'd be on in the middle of the night. You just like catch up on the news in the middle of the night. It was always live news before like cable. You know what I mean, um, and they've been doing it for years. The polka they've been wanting a hip hop polka, <laughs> and so when the world says we need a hip hop polka. The world literally said, "Oh, Silent Night can do that," and so shouts to him, man! Shouts to shouts to shouts to Silent Night, shouts to us because these are the kind incredibly of incredibly
3: talented, know. as we know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sage says she's gonna make it her ringtone. I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> All right. Yes, Lee Hogan on the beat, John Pelham. Oh yeah, John from Jersey Art Productions. Shouts to oh, have another drink, New Jersey. Oh, I'm out of drink. Hold on, New Jersey. Uh, so Jersey Art Productions on the video edit. Uh, Silent Night, Naria on the styling And uh, Silent Night Our artist in residence If you want to hear more uh, from Silent Night That is not Polka uh, But uh, first of all, follow him on socials And then listen to the Newsbeat podcast He's featured on many of our episodes uh, Gentlemen, yeah. we're now done Thank you so much No Words I Manifest show tonight We'll be back with that soon uh, in- in- Another Dimension but uh, please do tell people what they can expect coming up from Newsbeat, and then we're out of here. What, what are we working on in the background? We can't give too much stuff away. Uh, back this ne- uh, next Wednesday with this week of social justice, of course, and the upcoming episodes. Just a tease, a hint, something.
3: Okay, a, a brief tease, I guess. I guess we could do this if Chris allows it. I don't know. Chris likes to hold things close to the vest, so I'm going to let Chris describe it if he wants because I we did have Alice on for this show because we were interviewing her earlier in the day. So it's up to you, Chris. Davey I'm going to leave it up to you.
2: You know what? Go for it, man. The more attention to Alice in her group, yes. the better. go for it. So
3: so we're going to have an upcoming episode. Um, it's about a certain aspect of the criminal justice system that might be overlooked that people, um, once you hear it, it's part of obvious, but because of society, because of media, because of entertainment, there's some, there's a function of the system that you see happen in front of your eyes, um, but it's not the reality. So I'm gonna leave it at that.
1: I like it. That's that's almost that's clickbaity, but not. I love it. So we'll see. That's hilarious, Sage. No, no, it's not. It's not gonna be about Lori Loughlin. Uh Anyway, so yes, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Checking in with us, Silent Night. Uh, we love you, friend. We'll see you and be talking to you. Uh, we have some new stuff for you uh, to. Uh,
3: join us oh yeah and by the way sk get get working
1: yeah get ready yeah <laughs> hint, hint, wink wink uh so listen new episodes of of news be coming if you're just catching this now and you want to catch up we will be putting this week in social justice on the podcast feeds so you'll be able to get it there and just listen to it at your leisure uh maybe as you're if you're on the road or doing all your things so if you miss it you can watch the video clips twitch youtube facebook uh but do follow us on the podcast app or, or spotify wherever you listen to streaming audio Newsbeat, two words, one love Major shouts, as always, to Maury Creative Studios, our parents uh, Family, who makes All of this possible, shouts to Jed Maury, shouts to the Maury Creative Studios Team, shouts to Sage uh, Helping us on the, uh, uh, you know Associate producer of this uh, live stream. shouts to Jeff Main and John Sham and John Cicela And the whole crew that's always helped Newsbeat become a Thing, and we appreciate you Follow us on, on socials at US Newsbeat, wherever you find us uh, you can find me at Many Faces or Many Faces Official. I wanted to ma- forget it. Just Google me. And gentlemen, any last words?
3: Enjoy your Monster Super Bowl.
1: Yes, Godzilla vs. Kong tonight, bro. Yo, me and baby girl face is about to get into it. Let's go. We ordered pizza. We about to watch this movie. Tuned out and just shutting off the world. Let's go, go Godzilla team Godzilla. I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> Chris, you, sir? What are you going to eat? Peace
2: out. No, what do you, what do you got? This is about to feast.
1: <laughs> I know. What do you got? What do you got cooking? What do you, what's happening? What do you got?
2: It's a secret. Oh, it's wow. Exo- right. it's, ex- it's exotic and it's very filling. Well, sir, you. very high quality. You are exotic and high quality and very <laughs> filling. Why, thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of love. I a lot of love. A lot of love on the show tonight. It's all love. Feeling Thank it. you,
1: gentlemen. Thank you, Rashad, for joining me with uh, on Clubhouse. We may do this as a thing, this pregame show on the Clubhouse app. If you're on Clubhouse, follow me, many faces. Uh, follow Rashad uh, and Chris. We'll get you there, bro. <laughs> all right, so we are out of here. I still don't have a closing thing for this damn show. So we're just going to been like
3: half a year. So, but uh, wow.
2: I've, I've,
1: I've literally wow. done it. I've literally done everything else. Final
2: shots. Have I not done enough? As the screen fades. Obviously, you have not done enough. I don't know. You know know what?
1: what? Anyway, so, Chris, it's been great talking to you. I
2: can't believe you just did that. (laughs) We out. Peace.